Welcome back to the third season of Gold Diggers. This is the podcast created by 25 unsuspecting psychology students at the University of Georgia, led by our frenetic professor, Dr. Michelle Van Dellen, who's an expert in the field of social psychology. We're going to be mining the research of goal pursuit and self-regulation to bring you everyday stories with a scientific twist. Follow us on this journey as we unearth the grit and determination of the ordinary individual who digs deep to achieve something special. We know as much as you do about where this is going. Goals! Can you dig it? On this episode of Gold Diggers, we surf through the story of Dr. Jamie Cooper and her remarkable goal of running a marathon a month for an entire year. She is actively accomplishing this goal through creating small sub-goals, developing habits, and maintaining strong goal commitment. We got the opportunity to sit down with Dr. Cooper earlier this semester to hear how she decided to take on this goal and her plan to accomplish it. Let's listen in. Um, I'm an associate professor here at the university. Um, I'm in the Department of Foods and Nutrition, and um, I'm a recreational athlete as well, so I like to do triathlon and marathons. So my goal is to run 12 marathons in 12 months. Um, So I'm trying to do one each month uh, throughout the year. I started in November, so I will finish in October. One thing Dr. Cooper already does very well is making a specific and challenging goal. We will go more in depth on the importance of making your goal challenging later, but specific goals help clearly define effective performance. By knowing your end goal, it makes defining success or failure to it easier to measure. Yes, another article mentioned how when performance is controllable, people with specific goals make more consistent progress towards their goal than those with vague goals. In Dr. Cooper's case, she has a very specific goal, which is running a marathon every month for 12 months. An example of a vague goal that she can make would be her saying, I want to run more marathons this year. This is a great goal, but the vagueness of this makes its success harder to gauge. She could run between 7 to 11 marathons in 12 months, and that would be still reaching the vague goal. But as you can see, this also allows for variation performance of training. While on the other hand, with Dr. Cooper's specific goal, she knew she wanted to run 12 marathons in 12 months, and that has what she's been training for. That's exactly right. Specific goals make it not only easier for her to judge whether she actually ran a marathon every month as opposed to simply running more, but specific goals also allow her to maintain the same level of performance by creating a set standard for herself to follow. So what do you like about running? That's actually hard to to try to put words to it. Um, I love running. I've loved running my entire life. Mm -hmm. I started running cross country when I was 11. Um, and just really enjoyed it. And the more I ran, the more I loved to run. Yeah. So I think for me, um, it's, you know, I'm healthier when I'm running, so I feel better um, physically and mentally. Um, running is a huge uh, way to relieve stress for me. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I start my day running pretty much every morning. Um, and it's just, it's, if I start my day with a run, then I'm kind of setting myself up for a good day. Um, so it lets me clear my head. Um, you know, sometimes I'm thinking about work or, or other things and I can come up with some great ideas or I get a lot of clarity when I'm out running. Um, but then sometimes I can just lose myself in the run and, you know, I can run for an hour and it's just, it flies by. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's hard to put into words, but if other people 
um, exercise or our runners, they kind of understand that passion of just like losing yourself in the activity that you're doing. Um, and I like being outdoors, so it's fun to um, to be able to run outside and enjoy all the, the beauty and nature that's surrounding us. Intrinsic motivation is the idea of people enjoying an activity for the activity itself, not to gain anything from it. Research done on intrinsic motivation found that an immediate reward increased people's intrinsic motivation. In Dr. Cooper's case, each morning run she completes is an immediate reward, as well as each marathon she completes. These small rewards produce greater internal and inherent desires to continue running when training and to pursue more races. It can also help drive a person's desire to set new goals. Or what kind of inspired you to set this goal for yourself? You know, I think actually um, running a personal best time in the fall of 2018, um, kind of set me up for something like this because I was looking for a new challenge. Um, I'm competitive and not necessarily with other people, but with myself. So um, I want to set goals for myself. I want to achieve new things. And so I'd done a lot in triathlon. I'd done a lot in, in road races and in marathoning. Um, and I had trained hard to get a, a fast time and I had done that. And so I was looking for something different. Um, and I had done an ultra marathon, so I felt like I had accomplished that. You could kind of check the box for that. And so I thought, you know, with all the training that I do, I'm in pretty good shape um, for, for distance running. And a lot of times people train for like six months to do a marathon, and it's one single race. And I love the training, but I thought if I'm in that good of shape, why not just keep going? Why not just do yeah. more races? Because the race is the reward um, for all the training. It's really just like the fun, you know, kind of icing on the cake. So, um, so having that fast marathon time, I felt like I could train differently and not focus so much on getting fast times or, or um, training for speed but just going out and completing the marathons and trying to enjoy the process. Dr. Cooper, an avid competitive runner, found herself searching for the challenge she could take on. Research on goal commitment finds that people tend to exert more effort and make higher commitments to complete goals that are more difficult. They see the challenge and they adjust the effort when the goals they want seem harder. In Dr. Cooper's case, she slowly began taking on harder and harder goals. As she accomplished them, she was affirmed in her abilities and gained more inherent and intrinsic motivation. This led to the decision to pursue her current goal. Did anything prevent you from running a marathon at any point? Not yet. Um, I think that's actually one of the challenges with this is to try to be smart about my training and not overtrain. Um, when people get into distance running, it's really easy to um, want to continually do more and more and more. And, um, you know, I'm almost 40 years old, so it's, there's limitations on what my, my body can do. So um, for me, it's trying to be smart about my training and listening to my body so that um, after a race, if I'm feeling sore, that I take the time off I need to take off instead of trying to push through it. So um, I've been fortunate that I haven't had any serious injuries that have prevented me from doing a race. Um, and as far as conditions, I run in anything. I'll run when it's downpouring. I'll run when it's snowing. I'm from Michigan, so I'm used to running in really cold weather. Um, so I, I'll train in pretty much any conditions, um, and I'll race in pretty much any conditions. So 
uh, I've been fortunate with race conditions so far and, you know, training has been a lot of, of wet days, um, but you get through them and, and it's okay. <laughs> Commitment is something that Dr. Cooper has and it shows in how she is willing to train despite her weather conditions. People who have higher goal commitment tend to follow through with actions that move them toward their goal, while people with lower commitment are more likely to give up their hard goals for easier ones. That makes so much sense because the more I am committed to something, the harder it would be for me to stop. Considering the weather is not a deterrent for you, like what has been the hardest part of this experience? I actually think that um, about a week after, so I've done four marathons so far for this this 12-month challenge. And about a week after each marathon, um, I find myself having to, um, you know, force myself to go and, and train and do long runs. Um, and I think it's because the, the races have gone so well. Um, I've felt really good. I've enjoyed the races. Um, I've been able to finish them feeling strong. And, and so they've gone really well. Um, and then I've taken a week to um, recover, do some light running. And so then that next week where it's like, oh, yeah, back to training, back to, you know, 13-mile runs, 20-mile runs, um, I find that I'm not as motivated yeah. because I'm like, oh, I just accomplished, you know, this, this goal of doing that race. It went really well, and so I'm not quite as motivated. And so I kind of just have to push through that week. And then I've noticed as soon as I get through that week, then I'm good. Um, and then I'm back to enjoying the training and start looking forward to the next race. Um, but there's sort of that, that little wall in there um, where I'm having to just force myself to, to go out and train. Um, so that's been kind of interesting. I didn't really expect that to happen. After completing a hard run and a sub-goal, Dr. Cooper experiences a lull in motivation and desire to continue running. This motivational lull can be a common occurrence in goal pursuit. The idea of goal coasting comes from research done on how positive emotional feedback can lead to decreased goal pursuit. Researchers believed this is largely due to people seeing their positive feedback as a sign they've completed enough of their goal to move on. Dr. Cooper's sub-goals are really prominent at the completion of each one. She feels a lower desire to coast for having completed another part of her goal. She's actively battled against this feeling as if she wants to succeed. One thing that makes it easier for her to continue training and complete the next sub-goal has to do with goal commitment. Research findings have shown that when people don't have multiple competing goals, they can be motivated by their positive emotional feedback and can see increases in their goal commitment. So I'm confused. Which one is she experiencing? Goal coasting or goal commitment? Probably both. At different points in her goal pursuit, coasting will pop up. Like when she first finishes the sub-goal of completing one marathon, there is the prospect of many other unrelated goals she could also complete. This leads to goal coasting for a week or so. After that, her goal commitment is what helps her focus back on the overarching goal, and so she begins to look forward and get motivated for the next race. One thing that I wanted to point out to make is that this week off has the potential to derail Dr. Cooper. One thing that Dr. Cooper does to combat this lack of motivation is that she has really formed really strong habits. She knows that bearing rest days, she will go on a run in the morning. Habit processes can really help people stick to their goals, especially when they have lower motivation to do so. 
For Dr. Cooper, these habits help her get out of the coasting periods. Having a habit towards your goal is beneficial because it can help cover those moments when your motivation is low and you feel the urge to not work towards your goal. When you say that your motivation is more intrinsically based, is there anything external that you'd like to see in your body or environmentally, or is it all just kind of inside of you? I would say most of it is intrinsic. Um, you know, running is a pretty solitary sport. Um, in fact, I train by myself. I don't like to train with other people. Um, and so I would say my motivation is, is pretty much intrinsic. And, you know, when the weather is bad and I go out and do my run, like it, there's a great sense of accomplishment when it's finished. But that's all internal. You know, it's not I'm not getting I'm not telling other people about it. I don't get pats on the back for going and running in the rain. Um, but I just feel better about myself. I feel mentally strong when I do that um, and I'm happy that. I can accomplish those things. So I think most of it is intrinsic. Like Bailey from our first episode, Dr. Cooper's intrinsic enjoyment of running makes it something she can stick with. So did this goal um, change any, any part of your lifestyle? Um, not very much. I would say, you know, I was already running a lot before. Mm -hmm. um, and... I, so that hasn't changed much. The only thing that's changed a little bit is that, you know, I am doing a little bit, um, a little bit more training. So I'm doing mm -hmm. um, longer, long runs <laughs> than I was doing before. Um, so, you know, I'm a little bit probably more tired on the weekends than I used to be. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say that um, has changed a tiny bit. But Aside from that, I was still running quite a bit before, um, and so that hasn't changed too much. Now, once a month, I am going to a race, and so we've, you know, I've kind of planned them out. I'm trying to do them all in different states, mm -hmm. um, and so I've tried to find um, locations that I thought it'd be fun to go visit, or right. you know, if my husband and I are going to the race, we went to Savannah in November, so we kind of made a weekend of it. Mm -hmm. So it's actually been fun to incorporate some of these little trips. Um, each month into the race and since there's not a lot of pressure for me to perform a certain way at the race um, I can enjoy the whole weekend right so it's been nice that's awesome so I know it takes up a lot of your time to train and prepare for each marathon um, do you feel that you have self high self-control in other settings of your life or is it just that because running is super important to you that you um, I think I have a, a quite a bit of self-control. I probably have always been that way. Um, I like structure, and um, I'm very structured with my running, um, but I think I'm probably that way in all aspects of life. So, um, so yeah, I think the way I approach running actually just fits really well into the rest of my lifestyle. Like Joss and Sarah, Dr. Cooper has self-control, and here you can see it how it helps people pursue and accomplish goals in a lot of different domains. And you can also hear how her commitment to running keeps her on track. As far as scheduling your running goals, like what kind of training plan did you choose? Like as far as a typical workout, your diet, like anything like that? Yeah. Well, I've been doing um, endurance sports for so long that um, I know how my body responds to certain things. I know um, what sort of training volume and intensity my body can handle, and I know what it responds best to. 
Um, and so I just, I, I developed my own um, training plan for this. Um, and for me personally, I know that running more than five days a week is too hard on my body. I start to get injuries. So mm -hmm. I set up my plan so that I'm running five days a week and the other two days I'm going to the gym and, you know, lifting weights or cycling or just doing some sort of cross training. Mm -hmm. I don't take many days off. Um, I actually feel better um, when I exercise every day, even if it's not running every day. Um, and then as far as the actual runs that I did, um, again, it just kind of went back on all my experience and developed a plan that I thought would be achievable for me, um, but also have the least risk of uh, injury. Again, we see the benefits of Dr. Cooper's habits and how her plan would be beneficial for goal pursuit because she knows that she's gonna exercise every day except for those rare rest days. Now you also said that you run each race without the pressure of having to perform a certain way. Uh, do you ever have the desire to win a race or how do you feel about the outcome? Yeah, it's interesting. So when I first started this, um, my goal was just to finish them and kind of run just a steady pace. Um, so, you know, that kind of run the pace I run in training, um, that was really my goal. Um, and then the first race I did, I actually won my age group, and I had no idea that I was winning my age group. Um, but I was like, oh, that was, that was nice. It was a nice kind of bonus. Um, and so then the next races after that, I've actually gotten more competitive during the races. So I take this approach where I kind of just run the first half and see where I'm at and then decide if I want to race the second half or not. Um, and I always end up choosing to race, which... You know, again, that was not sort of the ultimate goal in the beginning. So um, it's it it's hard for me to run during the marathon. And when I because I'm pacing very smart in the first half, I feel really strong in the second half. And so when you start passing people, it's hard not to get motivated to keep going and to keep pushing. Um, and you know, I'm I'm competitive and um, I enjoy a challenge. And so um, I've found myself racing and pushing harder um, during the second half of the races. I think not really having a super specific goal in mind when you're doing this would help you always feel like you accomplished something at the end of it, you know? Yeah. And the the small thing, like passing that one person, is like an, is still an achievement, you yeah. know? So it, I feel like you doing the marathon is your goal and then right. within the marathon having other goals and then you're like well I feel great after this one right no you're absolutely right actually I, I coach a lot of um, triathletes and runners on the nutrition thing uh, side of things but I still talk to them about their racism like you know it's good to have time goals or you know specific goals but your primary goal should always be to finish the race right. that you're doing um, and then no matter what, no matter if things fall apart or if you finish, you still feel proud of that accomplishment. So it's, it's disappointing um, when I, you know, can see athletes that haven't met their time goal and they finish like Ironman. Like that's a really difficult thing to do. And they're so disappointed and, mm -hmm. in that. And I'm like, you need to be able to celebrate the accomplishment of just doing it. Right. Um, so, yes, I think I, I completely agree with you. It's nice to always have a goal of just finishing, no matter how competitive you are. How do you feel about the races you still have left? Um, I'm excited about them. I, um, I've got a race in two weeks, so I'm excited about it, looking forward to it. 
Um, Boston in April should be fun. I've ran Boston before, um, but nobody was there, so it was kind of a bummer um, to not have that support. Um, and I was also sick. So I'm actually hoping that I can go back and have a better, uh, more enjoyable Boston experience. Um, I haven't planned out the rest of my races, but it's kind of fun just looking to see where else in the country there are races and um, and where I can go. So yeah. I'm looking forward to them. Um, I try not to, you know, think too for like, oh, I have eight more marathons to do. Um, I try not to think about that too much, but just kind of plan out locations and race venues that look fun um, and then just really look forward to the very next race I have ahead of me. Dr. Cooper focuses specifically on each race individually, releasing pressure on herself to complete the marathon in a certain place or by a certain time. This method of looking at one sub-goal at a time is supported by research as a more effective way to pursue goal completion. Research suggests that keeping your focus fixed on a long-term goal continuously can negatively affect the individual's performance. Researchers believe this is related to the amount of distance it creates between you and your goal. It was recommended that individuals should alternatively focus more on short-term sub-goals instead of the ultimate goal. Dr. Cooper practices this well by not planning which races she will be competing until closer to the start and date and focusing on each marathon as its own completion goal. So what does this goal, like achieving this goal, mean to you personally? You know, I think it's just a... Um, I don't know if achieve the end result, achieving the goal... Um, if I've thought about it that much, mm -hmm. it's more the process. Right. Um, it's more having a goal that is taking me through a year's journey. Um, I think when it's all said and done, I'll be, you know, if I make it through, I'll be happy um, that I achieved it. Um, but, you know, I don't, it's not going to affect my sense of worth. Yeah. Um, right. You know, I, I don't think it's... Um, I, I think the process and the journey is more important to me than finishing that last one and being able to say, like, yes, I did 12 marathons in 12 months. Um, right. That's really not um, – I think it'll be fine, but I I actually don't think that's, you know, sort of the, the pinnacle of it. It's right. really the, the journey of it and having something to focus on each month. Is, do you think that this goal will set up how you set future goals for yourself, kind of the once-a-month kind of thing? Yeah, you know, it's it might. Um, I did this because I was looking for something different. You know, I've been doing endurance sports for over 20 years, and so I wanted a different kind of challenge. So, um, yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm trying to do these marathons in different states, and so, you know, maybe... I've heard of people trying to do a marathon in every state, so maybe that'll be my next goal, um, and I won't put a time time limit on it. I don't really know. Um, I'd like to do a marathon on every continent. Um, so, you know, I might start to look for some of those, those types of goals after is um, getting races at different types of locations or different countries. Um, but, yeah, I think it has kind of opened up an avenue for other possibilities of what I can try to try to do after this is finished. Any advice for <laughs> runners trying to <laughs> get motivation? You know, I'd say, um, you know, pick, pick a goal that is going to get you out the door training and running. Um, but pick a goal that's something that you can try to enjoy and, and accomplish so that at the end of it, the whole experience ends up being positive. 
Dr. Cooper hits on the idea of creating an attainable goal and how that is crucial to goal pursuit. Our scientific research backs this up as well. People are more likely to pick goals and stick with them if they feel feasible for them to accomplish. Knowledge of your own skills and your own past experiences can help you set a feasible goal. They judge this based on their own skills and previous goal completion. No one wants a goal they can't reach. Research expands on this to show the high belief in your abilities helps you choose more difficult goals. This means that people who believe in their ability would set higher goals so they are more challenging but still attainable. With Dr. Cooper's goal of a marathon a month, it actually makes sense for her, even though not many other people would take on the challenge of running a marathon a month for a year. Her goal is challenging enough that it still causes her to train for it, not allowing her to coast on her way to achieving her goal. Speaking of achieving her goal, it will definitely be a little harder now that we are in the midst of a global pandemic and many of her planned marathons have been canceled. However, Dr. Cooper still intends to complete the 12 marathons in a year, even if they aren't official. She may even have to run them on her own. I think considering the intrinsic motivation and goal commitment she has, Dr. Cooper will be just fine. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Goal Diggers. We would like to give a special shout out to the UGA Digital Media Wing in the MLC. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and follow us on Instagram at Gold Diggers Podcast. That's Gold Diggers with a Z. Thanks, season one.